Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My bloggers, my bloggers, my bloggers. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. I am glad to be here with my bloggers. It is truly great, 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 great to be here with my bloggers. The world's greatest bloggers. The Ark of the Covenant Ministry bloggers is the greatest bloggers around the world. Regardless of if you hear me or view me, you are the greatest bloggers and I am truly grateful to be here with you as we drop in twice a week on my bloggers and I just love to be here with you every opportunity that I get I just love it I love it I love it and for all of our newcomers listeners and viewers we want you to know this is truly an honor and let me tell you how our blog works. Our blog is a blog that asks provoking questions that causes us to think and to endow into the word of God that is backed up with a teaching that follows that same day so we can be fully equipped as to be a witness and to be endowed with the word of God to be able to use the word of God in every situation as we become better witnesses, better followers of the man Christ Jesus. Now, we truly are going to embark on a journey here that is followed up. Our Monday blog is 80% followed up from our Sunday preaching. And just as usual, this one is no different. And we love it when we follow it up because it is always controversial. (laughs) And y'all bloggers know how we are here at the Ark of the Covenant ministry. We are provoking. We are prodding. We are taking the word of God and we want to dig out the garbage. We want to unpack the luggage and we want to take away all of what the adversary wants to hold over our head and use against us so we can become free and be able to walk with our heads up and become more effective in the body of Christ. So we entitle this blog, Sin, Sinner, Sinning, Sinless, or Sin Free. And we're looking at Colossians chapter 3, Verses 8 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 17. Let's take a listen to those verses before we get started. Alexa, Colossians 3, 8 through 17.
Here's something I found Alexa. on the web. According Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 17. Okay, here's your version Bible. Colossians 3, verses 8 to 17. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Praise the Lord. Now, here is a very provocating thought. There is many of us that walk around with our heads held high and our chest poked out. And if we were to ask an individual about sin, we are very complex and very puzzled when you ask people about sin. Because the first thing they would tell you, well, it's the Ten Commandments. As if, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sin is the only thing is the Ten Commandments. And once you get beyond that, there's no more sinning. Just keep the Ten Commandments. Just keep those ten. After that, you all good. As if the only sins that you can do is the Ten Commandments. So most of the time when people hear the word sin, they equate them with the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not commit adultery. Thou shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Honor thy mother and father. Once people get a hold to those Ten Commandments, they feel that they are greater than anything walking. I have not killed. I have not committed adultery. I don't take the Lord's name in vain. I don't steal. Once they get that vow down, then they think they're okay. You see, they don't realize that sin 
it's got way more to do than those ten commandments. And then a lot of people hold to the functionality that they are able to quit sinning on their own. Well, you should be able to stop it on your own. That you don't have to do that on your own. And some people will get so magnetized on one sin. Simply because they were hurt so deeply by that one particular sin. You see, some people have been hurt through relationships because they've been cheated on. So they hate the idea of a person with uh, being able to lust after an individual or being able to fornicate after an individual or being committed adultery. They hate them things. They hate it so bad that they magnify that sin. That that sin is the worst sin in the world. Oh, I can't stand a liar. I can't stand somebody to cheat on their wife. I can't stand somebody to cheat on their husband. Oh, I Oh, I can't. Child, the worst thing in the world is a homosexual. The worst thing in the world is a bull dagger. Oh, I can't. Ooh, child, I can't stand a thief. Ooh, if they steal their life. See, they magnify certain sins because these things has caused a deep-seated thing within them. And you can't tell them nothing about that particular issue because they have had something to happen to them where they believe they know everything about that particular thing. Now what is so unique that they have never looked at the root issue of the thing they have looked at this thing and don't realize that it's only a symptom. You see, adultery is a symptom of the sin. Just like drug abuse is a symptom of the underlying sin, lust, fornication is the symptom of the root cause of the sin. If you don't pluck out the root cause, that's why the Bible says to pluck out. If your right eye offend you, then pluck it out. Some people miss the fact that when he says pluck it out, whatever it takes to get to the root cause of the issue, pluck it out so you don't go through that anymore. you got to get to the root of the issue and pluck it out. Then that particular issue would no longer be an issue. 
Now here is the essence. Some people believe that they can get into a place that they are so holy that the devil won't even bother them anymore. That they can get into a place that they are so righteous, that they are so perfect, that sin bothers them no more. They wake up in heaven. They go to sleep in heaven. That everything is perfect with them. They sleep on the throne of grace. They believe this. This is remarkable. They believe this. And they judge others by this. And this is a fantastic thing that is heard throughout the word of God. That the that they will quote this as if it is written that not only that it is impossible for God to look upon sin that God can't eat that God can't even be around it he can't even look down on sin and if that is the case then God could never look upon his creation He could never look upon earth. Because earth is a sinful place. That means God could never look upon you before you came into the body of Christ. That means he could never watch over you before you came into the body of Christ. He could have never did anything for you before you came into the body of Christ. So what do it mean? What is it? What is exactly sin? What is it? Can we be sin free? Sinless sinning. What exactly does the Bible say? And what do you think? What is your thing? So, my fellow bloggers. <laughs> Question number one. What is your definition of sin? What is your definition of sin? Question number two. 
What do the Bible say about sin? What do the Bible say about sin? Question number three. What do God feel about your sin? Very important questions. Very important questions. We're going to address these these same issues, and I'm going to talk about these issues uh, today, uh, and I'm going to answer these same questions today at 10 o'clock. <clears throat> of course, we always have our teaching at 10 about the same topic, which is be sin, sinners, sinning, sinless, and sin-free at our focus group for which you'll be able to call in, ask questions, text, email, any kind of way you like. You can be involved in the conversation today. We also going to do some call outs where we're going to call some pastors, some ministers, some deacons, some lay people, going to ask them the same question. So we can get some feedback. You you can call in with your comments and questions and all of that great stuff. As we get to the root issue about sin. And let us talk about it together. Right here where you are today. And it's going to be an enjoyable time. Remember, the questions, answer the questions. Put it down. Let's talk about it. Let us come into conversation so we can get healing. We can get wisdom from above so we can learn how to deal so the enemy cannot hold anything over our head and we can be free in Christ Jesus. Because that's what the word of God says is free in Christ Jesus and what he has set free is free indeed. See you today at 10 right here. Come on, bring a friend with you too. Remember, what is the definition of sin? What do the Bible say about sin? And what do God say about your sin? Answer the questions. Put them down. Put them down, bloggers. Come on, bloggers. I need you. I need you. <laughs> Have a blessed day. Bye-bye now.